hard work, hard work. All hard work, hard work. All hard work, work. There you go. All hard work, work. Everybody doing it right. All hard work, work. work. That's what I say. All hard work, work, work. Earn my pay. All hard work, work. work. Do it every day. All hard work, work. Get up out of quarter to three. All hard work, work. Let it go and earn my pay. All hard work, work. Boots on and lace them up. All hard work, work. Another day to work. Hey, what's going on, y'all? You're tuned in to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. All right, on today's podcast, I'm going to take you all back down memory lane. Yeah, we're going to go back down memory lane today. We're also going to talk about... Uh, run me my money. Yeah, one of my favorite subjects, the AAF. And also, hey, Rockets, clean your own house. You don't need a butler to do that. You don't. But first, let's go ahead and jump right into this thing. Ah, uh, the Alliance of American Football, better known as the AAF. Better known as the gift that keeps on giving. Y'all never let me down. I mean, y'all never let me down when it comes to content. Y'all ain't been around in what? About four months? And I still can go online and see, huh, look at that. Something new with the AF. Why am I not surprised? So the the now defunct league, uh, who is famously known for leaving its former players in debt, stuck with medical bills. Hey, and we can't forget uh, the one time the team came back to the hotel to find all their belongings in the lobby. Let's not forget that. So on top of putting these players in debt, when it comes to charging stuff on their credit card, thinking that they were going to get uh, reimbursed, On top of medical bills and on top of having to come back and find all of your belongings, meaning somebody else was in your personal possessions in the lobby of the hotel in which you were staying because you had a game that week. Y'all just the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, you do. You are. All right. So look now. Here's the latest thing on the AAF. Owner, I mean, governor, my, my bad, Draymond, my bad. I, I got to learn to use the word governor instead of owner, my bad. Governor Tom Dundon of the NFL franchise, the Carolina Hurricanes, is suing the AAF for $70 million. Yeah, somebody tell Kevin Cato, we want our money back. Hey, uh, Tom Dundon wants his money back, AAF. He does. Now, he wants the $70 million that he pledged. Uh, he wants the $70 million that he gave um, that was part of the $250 million that he pledged to give to the league to keep it going. He wants his money back. He's going to court for that. And so... 
Tom Dundon is saying, hey, y'all, hey, run me, run me my money. Run me my money real quick. I want that back. So he stated in his in, in the lawsuit that he was lied to about the uh, about the actual amount of money needed to keep the league afloat. So he felt like that. Well, not felt like <laughs> he feels like the league. Formerly known as the AAF. Y'all ran the y'all ran the game on me. Y'all tricked me. Y'all, y'all, y'all really y'all so oh, so you don't really want to date me. You just want to go out and get a free meal, right? You looked on Yelp and seen a restaurant that you wanted to go to. You know, me and you was communicating. Hey, you want to go on a date? Let's go. Blah, blah, blah. That's how I felt like the AAF did Tom Dundon. Got a free meal. Now, Tom Dundon isn't uh squeaky clean in this either. He wanted to jump in thinking that the NFL would help him later on down the line in obtaining some things that he needed. He also wanted the formula that the AAF was using. So he jumped in there because you remember when the league went, when, when, when the league finally folded, you remember one of the things that Tom Dundon said? I thought that the NFL was going to provide us with young players. Who told you that, Tom Dundon? Who? Mr. Dundon. Or can I call you Mr. Dundon? Because that's what you're acting like, a dun-da-dun. You're not thinking straight. And I don't understand. You're a multi-millionaire. How could you not think that? You already own a franchise. Did the league tell you specifically that they were going to give you players? Did the AAF, AAF promise you that they've been in contact with the league and the league was going to give players? Because there's no way that you could have got yourself bamboozled like that. So here's the thing. You want your money back because you said that they lied to you. What about the players who were sold a dream and are in debt right now? What are they going to get back, Mr. Dundon? What is the AAF going to do for them? I'm not saying that you shouldn't fight for your money. It's your money. I mean, I fight over $70. And I don't mean in court. I mean hand-to-hand combat. Over $70. So just imagine what I would do over 70 million. So I understand. But by the same token, what about the players? What about the young men who were sold that dream and they now in debt? What about the players who got injured that won't get the proper medical treatment? And I'm only asking you this is because because you were part of that. You were part of governorship. Oh, I almost said ownership again. Draymond going to fight me for real, for real. But you were part of that, right? You were part of upper management. You were a part of ruining these men's lives. You are one of the reasons that these young men are going through what they're going through right now. But now you want to jump in. You want your money back. So let me ask you this. If you get your money back, are you going to go in and help those guys that didn't get paid their last check? Are you going to go in and help some of these guys who got credit card bills now because the hotels are charging them for their stay when you all was supposed to pay for that? Are you going to go in and use some of that 70 million dollars to Help with these medical bills that these players have occurred since they got hurt on the job. There is no workman's comp. Because there is 
no job. So that's my question. Are you going to give them part of that $70 million if you award it and you get it back? That's what I need to know. That, that, that's all I'm asking. Hey, but look, hey, you know what? <sighs> what do you expect from a league that's associated that associated themselves with Bill Polian? Mm-mm, I don't even have the time. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't even have the time or the energy to give to Bill Polian right now. Lord Jesus. All right. Uh, Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about back down memory lane. I'm going to take y'all back down memory lane. Oh, I love it, too. We'll be back. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Big Sarge here, host of the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. And down here in the state of Texas, we are known for our great tasting barbecue. If you are looking for the best quality meats and full catered dinners at a very inexpensive price, make sure you contact Victor Smokebox Barbecue and Catering. Family owned and operated by Kevin and Ashley Victor, they are ready to handle all your catering needs. Just call 832-414-2409. Once again, that's 832-414-2409. Or follow them on Facebook at The Smokebox BBQ. Victor Smokebox Barbecue lives by the motto, we cook it low, you eat it slow. I'm out. Hey, welcome back. Tune in to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. And uh, I saw a photograph. It almost made me laugh. It took me back. Back down memory lane. I love when I have to go back down memory lane because I always get to sing that song. Like, I don't even know the rest of it. I, I I don't. That's the only part I know. And, you know, sometimes I got to double check to make sure I know those words. Oh, I'm the only one that'll sing a song and be like, back down memory lane. You get loud when you know the part that you know, right? Right. So this is what I want to do, right? So let's go back to 1997. When I was a fine chocolate thing, I had abs. I had my waves was on point. I was always at Carol's. Carol's was popping. It was lit. I was there on Monday nights. Just ah, ah, ah. I was, I was there, y'all. I, I, I was the man. Wait, hey, that ain't got nothing to do with that. Ain't got nothing to do with nothing. It don't. It don't have nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. But y'all remember back in 1997, even this was popular. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, super duper fly. Me, I'm super fly, super duper fly. All right, now that I got you moving a little bit, I see, look, hey, you like, Big Sarge, why you stop the music? I was already, oh, you all in your seat right now, just moving. And I put that mind, I put that song on your mind. You're going to be thinking about that for a very long time, and you're probably going to go download it. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so let's start over. Let's start over. So, do you remember the 1996-97 NBA season? 
That's the year the Chicago Bulls missed going back to back seven, having back to back seventy win seasons. They missed it by one win, one. They finished sixty nine and thirteen. They won the title that year as well. They they did. They did win the title that year. But they missed out on history by going back-to-back winning 70 70, uh, games. The year before, they went 72-10. and So they, But they did win the title that year. They defeated the Utah Jazz 4-2. Now, listen up. The Jazz had a great season as well because they won 64 games. A franchise high, 64 games. But let me bring... 1997 into 2019. All right, so two nights ago, the NBA awarded the Greek Freak, the 2019, and that's uh, Giannis, uh, the 2019 NBA regular season MVP award over James Harden. And right on cue, Rockets Twitter went off. Hey, look, now, if you remember, in the previous podcast, I told you that would happen. And I gave y'all the reasons why it will happen. Go back and listen. I told you all exactly why James Harden was not going to win the MVP. I told you why he was going to get robbed. I'm not going to reiterate it or rehash it right now. Just go back and listen to the previous podcast. You'll hear it. And then you'll be like, yeah, Big Sarge, you're right. So in my opinion, though, in my opinion, I feel that the voters, they got it wrong. I feel like James Harden should have been the MVP. A lot of my colleagues didn't take uh, some factors into consideration when they casted their ballots. It's just my opinion and my opinion alone. All right. But that ain't the first time I felt the media voters should have been drug tested. Yeah, it's not the first time I felt like they, that they should have been drug tested. Nope. I ain't talking about when they gave the award to David Robinson over Hakeem Olajuwon. And then Hakeem just went on to destroy the Spurs by averaging, I think, 35 points a game during that playoff series. Now, I'm not talking about when when they gave David Robinson the trophy while Hakeem Olajuwon was on the other end of the court, knowing that that should have been his trophy. I'm not talking about that. I ain't even talking about... When they gave Derrick Rose the 2011, if I'm not mistaken, NBA MVP award over LeBron James. Even though, side note, I predicted that. All my battle buddies that were stationed with me in Baumholder, Germany, that's listening right now. I was in Baumholder, Germany in 2009, and I proclaimed in that office, if you don't believe me, I got three people I can get you in contact with that say, yeah, he said this. I told him, you do realize that in two years, Derrick Rose will be the NBA MVP, right? Now, I didn't know if that meant LeBron got was going to get robbed, but I did tell them that. So, like I said, hey, and I got proof of that, too. It ain't that I always like to be right. I just do, don't like being wrong. I digress. So, I'm not even talking about that. I'm not talking about when Derrick Rose uh, won it over LeBron James. I ain't even talking about when Steve Nash won it over Kobe. Heck, I ain't even talking about in 2015 when it could be argued that Harden should have gotten the award over Steph Curry. 
I'm not even talking about that. I'm not. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm not. I'm talking about in 1997 when the media voted Carl Malone over Michael Jordan. Yes, millennials, that happened. That did happen. There was a time when somebody beat out Michael Jordan. Ain't that a trip? But it wasn't due to anything Michael Jordan had done. So uh, the interesting part is how the 1997 voting and the 2019 voting run hand in hand. Like they run hand in hand. Watching what transpired on the other night, I'm sitting there saying to myself, is it 1997 all over again? Because I could have sworn that it's 2019. And this gray hair in my beard and this gray hair in my hair and my lack of not remembering what I had on last Wednesday is telling me I'm in 2019. Carl Malone averaged 27.4 points and 10 rebounds a game for that entire season in 1997. They also won a franchise 64 regular season games, which I told you about earlier. So the voters looked at that and said, hmm, look at this. Look at this feel good story right here. A small market team with a couple of blue collar workers like Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton. They play the game the right way. Carl is a truck driver in the offseason. A true American story. Does that sound kind of familiar? Can you name a player in 2019 that plays in a small market that has a true rags to riches story? A player who came to the U.S. to pursue the American dream? Has teammates in Middleton, Bledsoe, and Lopez who personify everything associated with hard work? Team had the best record in the NBA this year. Sound familiar? As a voter, how could you not love that? How could you not love, love that? I mean, sounds a little bit familiar, right? So, Malone shouldn't have won that award over Jordan, a man that led his team to a combined 141 and 23 record in the last two years. And like I previously mentioned, only missed winning 70 games in consecutive years due to injured players. That year, Michael Jordan averaged 30 points, six rebounds, and four assists for the entire season. Y'all, are y'all at least on the same road with me right now? Are we at least going the same direction? Let me pull over. You, you may be going in the wrong direction. Let me pull over. Hop in the car with me. Let me drive. Sit in the passenger seat. Don't touch the radio, though. Don't touch the radio. Just get in this passenger seat and ride with me for a second as I take you on where we're going. Because some of y'all ain't got there yet. All right. Was there not a player in the NBA who had had an astronomical offensive season this year? Like his numbers were out of this world offensively this year, right? Did we not see a man single handedly bring his team out of the gutter in the Western Conference due to injured teammates? 
Like we've seen that, right? Like we've seen a player whose team was in 14th place at one point. Only one game above the Phoenix Suns. We've seen a man who had three injured players on his team, three injured starters, carry his team from the gutter to the top, right? Mm. But see, here's here, this is where this is the problem that I have. Here lies the problem. Not only are Jordan and Harden similar by playing in big TV markets, playing in big cities like Chicago and Houston. Not only are they similar in that way, they both had a disdain for the media. And when I say that, I don't mean that they didn't like the media. They just understood the media. And by understanding the media, you understand that some media members don't have your best interest at heart. So it isn't that Jordan or Harden didn't don't like the media. They just like, if you're going to be real with me, be real with me. Don't come here with no uh, ulterior motive. And then when I don't make myself available or when I don't answer the way you want me to answer, then, ah, okay, so now you consider me a butthole. I got it. All right. Hold on. I got it. No, no, no problem. No problem. So some would say that the reason Jordan didn't win the MVP award, didn't win, uh, didn't win uh, the MVP award was because some uh, media personalities were still bitter by the way he walked away from the uh, game. Some were still bitter by the fact that Michael Jordan retired in October of 1993. OK, I can go on record right now, y'all, by saying that I, I have heard and I know some media members that say that they can't stand James Harden. They don't like his attitude. They don't like his style of play. Like even during the time he was scoring uh, on that on that streak of 30 plus points a game. There was still a lot of hate towards James Harden. OK, hold on. I just pumped the brakes because now you're looking at me crazy upside my head, you know, sitting over there in that seat. Right. Uh, you do know who does the voting for these awards, right? You, you, you do know that, right? You know, it's the media members, right? It's the media who votes for these awards. So if they get in their mind that they don't like you, and they can convince their colleagues that if they can convince their colleagues or give their colleagues a reason on why not to like you either. Look at that. You've just lost maybe like four votes. And if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't it like four votes that decided between Carl uh, Malone and Michael Jordan back in 1997. All right. Hold on. I, were you ready to go again? All right. Let's keep on going. So. Just like Jordan was denied his second consecutive NBA regular season MVP trophy after a fantastic season, Harden was as well. I guess they both know now how NFL Hall of Famer wide receiver Terrell Owens feels after the media bias kept him out of the Hall of Fame the first time. When he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, but the media bias 
towards him and they judged him off of how they felt about him instead of judging his on the field play, which is supposed to be the criteria for getting into the Hall of Fame. Which is also supposed to be uh, the criteria for getting uh, an NBA MVP award. Some of y'all going to say, yeah, Big Sarge, but, uh, you know, the Greek freak had a good season, too. Yeah, okay, I got that. Your opinion, your opinion alone, I I respect it. I just disagree with it. But maybe they know. Maybe Jordan and Hart now know how Tara Owens feel. T.O. by not getting in first ballot. Yeah, that's a whole nother story for another time. Uh, y'all wait till I do that one again, because I've done it before. But I got some 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 addendums that I want to add to that. All right. Listen up. Hey, when I come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, Rocket fans, Rockets fans. Y'all don't need a butler to help straighten up y'all house. You don't. We'll be back. Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Hey, welcome back. You're tuned in to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. You know what? Also, you can go to BigSargeSports.com and read my latest articles. Yeah, I do have a website. I bet y'all didn't know that, huh? You, I guess you don't know that because I never told you that, right? Yeah, BigSargeSports.com. Rockets fans, why y'all keep doing this to yourselves, bro? Like, why do you all keep doing this to yourselves? Every time a big-name free agent hits the market, y'all get more thirsty than dudes that slide into IG models. Uh, IG influencers. My bad, uh, Draymond. I'm on, I promise you I'm going to do better. I thought I had got it right earlier in the podcast, but I, I guess I didn't. So, uh, y'all, y'all uh, Rockets fans, y'all sound more thirstier than a guy sliding into the DMs of a IG influencer. I got that right that time, right, Draymond? Woo! Woo! Thank y'all. Hey, y'all remember when uh, y'all courted Melo before he signed with the Thunder? Y'all remember y'all did the dog and pony show for Carmelo, brought him into Houston, took him out, and he still ended up signing with the Thunder? Then y'all got him a year late. And then, hey, uh, didn't Big Sarge tell y'all that Carmelo would not work out? I'm a Thunder fan. I watched all the Thunder games. I watched every game Carmelo Anthony played in when he was with the Thunder, and I watched him uh, regress tremendously due to Billy Donovan and due to himself. Can't blame this one on Russell Westbrook. He did everything he could to get Carmelo involved. It was Carmelo. Same reason why it didn't work out in Houston. 
Hey, what about uh last year when y'all thought LeBron was coming? Y'all had all this thing, things laid out, all this ad, uh, advertisements. The king, the king, the king is coming. And I'm like, Jesus? Because, like, I ain't got my life right yet. G- the, the, the king is coming because, like, I got to repent. There's still some things I'm just now remembering from, like, 2001 that I don't know if I asked for forgiveness or not. So I got, oh, not that king. You talking about LeBron. Oh, LeBron coming to Houston? He coming to visit, right? No, because he, him and Chris Paul, they cool. So he coming to visit Chris Paul because they like the Banana Boat Boys, right? Oh, y'all think that because he's a free agent, he's coming here to play. And then y'all got yourselves all worked up over that. And guess what happened? LeBron went and signed with the Lakers. So now y'all done got yourselves right back in the same situation, getting getting all wound up over Jimmy Butler, who, by the way, you can't afford. Just like the guys trying to date the IG influencers. You can't afford him. You can't. Look. It's going to take entirely too much to try to create space needed to bring him here. Plus, financially, it makes better sense to stay in Philly. It makes better sense for Jimmy Butler to stay where he is. Because he can sign, I think, a five-year Supermax contract for $190 million. Or he can sign a max four-year deal for $141. Tell me what part of Jimmy Butler has ever told you that he's ready to turn down money for a ring or the opportunity or the chance to win a ring? I'm asking. Like, I'm asking. I'm serious. Go on Twitter and tell me where I'm wrong. I don't think Jimmy's going to leave that type of money to come play here. Secondly, what indication has Mike D'Antoni given you that he would change his system to fit a player like Jimmy Butler? Uh, Butler, Butler would not thrive in a ball-dominant system where the ball isn't in his hands. Like, he can play in a ball-dominant system. He just has to be the ball-dominator. He can't be third option. He can't even be second option. He did that in Philly. But if he resigns with Philly, I guarantee you're going to see a more ball-dominant player in Jimmy Butler, which ain't bad because that's what they need. Now, he'll get Joel Embiid involved if Joel Embiid is healthy enough to stay on the court. But there's no possible way that I've seen anything that indicates to me that Jimmy Butler wants to come to Houston and sit in the corner and hoist up threes. That's not his game. It's not. So I'm just trying to figure out, has Mike D'Antoni made changes in it to let CP3 be a true point guard? Like if he does, if he changes that system, tweaks it just a little bit to put Chris on the ball, put James off the ball and put um, a Butler on the other side. Let them run a offense because Chris Paul is a true Hall of Fame point guard. It'll work every time. It'll work. 
But I have never seen Mike D'Antoni switch his system up like that. So that's where my reservations are. And lastly, the Rockets have a player that has all the tools to be the next Jimmy Butler if they go ahead and sign him. That's Daniel House Jr. Houston native Daniel House Jr. A guy that I got to know very well by covering the Rockets. And I said to myself, first of all, he's one of the coolest guys you ever want to meet. If you're from the city of Houston, you know how we are. We just down to earth, laid back, what it do. You know what I'm saying? You, Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, man, what it do, bro? We, That's how he is. He's just taller with more money, and he play in the NBA. Daniel House Jr. is a cool guy. That's the first thing. Second thing is, Daniel House can shoot. He can drive. And he defends very well. Don't believe me? Go to YouTube and go to, uh, what is it, the Rio Grande Vipers who won the G League this past year. Now, the G League is the developmental league for the NBA. So if, you, if you're not familiar with the G League, just go in, type in G League 2019. Then you're going to see the Rio Grande uh I think it's the Rio Grande Vipers. The, the uh, Rockets developmental team is going to pop up. They won the whole thing this year. Their highlights from when Daniel House Jr. was in the G League. He dominated it. If Daniel House Jr. plays the entire year in the G League, MVP hands down. Go and look and see what he did. When he played there, look at some of the highlights from when he played there. In a traditional type offense. In an offense where the floor was open for him to get to the basket any and pretty much every time he wanted to. So you could save some of that money. You can keep your pieces that you have in place. Keep Gordon here for one more year. Keep Clint Capella here. Give Daniel House a little bit more run. Give Hardenstein a little more run. Give Gary Clark Jr. a little more run. Like the Rockets have what they need. They just need to be developed and they need a little bit more playing time. But if you keep going out and trying to recruit big names... You're going to be on the back end of what are we going to do now? You're going to be stuck in contracts that you can't get out of. Y'all remember earlier when I said somebody tell Kevin Cato we want our money back? That's a a popular lyric from uh, from Houston rapper ESG. He said that after the Rockets had overpaid for Kevin Cato. Anybody remember? What is it? What is it? Was it Matt Maloney? Was it his contract that the Rockets paid like... Forever. You have the tools in place. All you have to do is learn how to use them. Plus, hey, look, I ain't going to even lie to you. I am not going to even lie to you. Butler come to Houston. By the All-Star break. There'll be reports of at least five fights coming out that locker room. Not verbal either. Not verbal. Jimmy is from Texas. Yeah, he from he 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 from the United States of Texas. 
We borderline ignorant. We don't think straight all the time. Hey, look, thanks for listening to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter, Big Sarge Sports with a Z. Don't forget, go to BigSargeSports.com. Read my latest articles that I have um, on the website. I think that you will be highly, highly, highly entertained and informed. But before I get out of here, y'all know how we do it. All my Vietnam veterans, welcome home. Germany, good night. All my active duty military personnel that's downrange, good night. It is now time for Big Sarge's Article 15. I don't want to... I don't want to blame an entire country for something. So I won't say I, I, I won't say China. I won't. I don't want to blame an entire country for the antics of one person. Y'all see how my, my tone has changed because I'm going to walk myself through this without getting myself upset. I'm going to walk myself through this without making myself mad. Or raising or, or, or trying not to raise my voice or go up an octave. Uh, how many of y'all heard about the man over in China calling Steph Curry the N-word? Yeah, Steph Curry is in China on a mandatory mandatory tour for one of his sponsors, Under Armour. He was signing autographs for fans, for fans, for fans. After attending an event when a man appeared to call him the N-word twice. Let me pull up this audio for you. Here you go. Yeah, I'm going to play that one more time. Okay, one more time. I played that three times for a reason. I wanted you all to hear exactly what was said so you all won't say, well, Big Sarge, how you know he said that? I played it for you three times. I did. I played it for you three times so there wouldn't be any doubt on what you heard. Steph Curry is here on an event signing autographs for fans. This isn't any like if there was a choir boy section for the NBA, it would be Steph Curry as the leader. Like Steph Curry would lead this choir. Steph Curry isn't a bad guy. Some of you all hate him. Hey, Rockets fans really hate him. We'll talk about that another time. What did he do to deserve being called that? What did he do to you, sir, for you to use a derogatory term or that you deem a derogatory term and that Steph Curry deems as a derogatory term? What did he do to you for you to call him that? What did he do? 
And if the crowd would have opened and it had been you and him face to face, you think you would have kept that same energy? Do you think that you would have said that exact same thing to him, to his face? What did he do to you? Nothing. He's over there on a sponsored event. Is he getting paid? Of course. But he's also taking his time out to meet with the fans, signing autographs. And I commend you, Steph Curry. I do. Because I don't know how I would have reacted if that would have been me. Now, does the N-word offend me? No, it does not. Because I think that it's a term that has been used for so long that it's lost its power to me. It does not affect me that way. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm not speaking for every African-American. I'm not Al Sharpton or Jesse Jackson. I'm not. So I'm not speaking for every African-American. I'm not Cory Booker either. So. The word doesn't offend me, but your intentions, you all remember, we've talked about this before, intentions versus reception, because now I'm receiving it as you're trying to insult me. You're trying to degrade me. You're trying to belittle me, but you don't have the right word. I don't, it don't matter no more now, because now I'm saying, oh, bro, hold on. So you're trying to insult me, right? Even though that word doesn't, you're trying to. So come here. Let me talk to you, bro. Come on over here. Catch this square. Come on over here. Catch this fade. In Texas, y'all, I'm sorry. In Houston, that vernacular means, hey, let's box. Like, put your hands up, bro. And if you don't, it don't matter to me because I'm going to punch you first. You're trying to insult me. Now, I already know. My, 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 my other side of my brain would have kicked in and would say, hey, B, if you do this, man, this is a big Sarge. If you do this, this is going to be an international incident. You make entirely too much money. Your reputation is 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 immaculate. It's spotless. You don't want to do this. But I guarantee you, I probably been like, hey, what you say? Or I'd have told somebody, hey. Hey, get him. Ask him what he really want to say to me. Tell him to write it down. Tell him to tweet it to me. Tell him I'll, I'll accept his friend request if this is really what he wants. But to call Steph Curry out of his name like that does not make any sense. One. Two. Y'all notice I've been doing a lot of counting this show. Is that, am I trying to tell myself that I finally need to go take some math courses? Anyway. Two. If you know anything about me. If you know anything about Big Sarge, you've heard me say this on numerous occasions. The African-American male, the black male is the most hated gender and race throughout the entire world. There is uh, overall hate everywhere you go. For the black man. I'm not telling you something I heard. I'm telling you something I know. I've been out of Harris County. I've been out of Houston, Texas. I've been out of the state of Texas. I've been out of the country. 
I've lived overseas. I'm not telling you something I heard. I'm telling you something I know. I've been in war-torn countries. I've been in third world countries. And no matter how bad that a person has it, they don't think that they have it. Uh, they don't think that they have it worse than I do because I live every day as a black man. Was I surprised when I read this article about Steph Curry? No, I was not. I put it like this. I was just about as effective, affected reading that article. As I am about the numerous articles I read about African-American males getting beat by law enforcement officials. It's almost becoming common. And I don't think that we should be immune to this type of stuff because it's wrong. And so reading this article and listening to that audio about Steph Curry, I'm saying to myself. Ain't nothing changed. Nothing. There's nothing that has changed. The African-American male is the most hated gender and race throughout the world. Nothing Steph Curry did to this man to make him act like that. Nothing. But you know what? I did a roundtable discussion last year and there will be a part two. It was called. What did I do? What did I do? And it, I got a group of African-American males. To sit around the table and we talked about problems, but we also talked about solutions. Because the one thing that I can't understand is what did we do? As African-American males, what did we do? What can we improve on to make you all not hate us? What can we do? Because right here, this incident that just happened to Steph Curry does not make any sense. But then again, guess what? That happened in China. Right? That incident with Steph Curry happened in China. I'm in Houston, Texas, and I guarantee you that it's happening somewhere right now. I'm out.